What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Seven Figure Photographer Live. <laughs> Today, <laughs> we I do have something really good to talk about. I want to talk, and this is because I didn't have a whole lot of chance to make some of the notes of the things I wanted to talk about. I got them all up here. So it's all going to be unscripted. So I do need lots of questions, guys. Anything we are specifically going to be talking about. <laughs> this is not going to make a good podcast. It's not going to make anything good. We're just going to go with it. It'll work um, after the uh, intro. So, Mia's really the only one that doesn't want it to look like a shit show. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so today we're going to talk about tips on creating a strong pricing guide. Now, there's a lot of things I want to talk about with this today. And again, it is going to be unscripted. So I have a few key points that I really want to touch on, but it'll help me a lot if you guys are asking questions about this. So that's what we're going to be doing. But before... <laughs> What's up guys, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Sam Marvin and I have been in the photography industry for 25 plus years. While I love being a creative, business is my passion and elevating the industry of photography is my focus. I created The 7 Figure Photographer to share my journey to 7 Figures and to help others find their way too. All right, so. Yeah, the one day that we get a whole bunch of people on here watching, well, I say a whole bunch, uh, but yeah, we get a bunch of people on here watching and I mess everything up. So there's a couple of things that I want to, I really want to discuss about this. And I've noticed this a lot with, well, it's, it's a general concern amongst photographers as a whole. I did this myself, but I want to talk about how people are structuring their price list. Now, we're also going to talk a little bit about the difference between a la carte versus packages and why that can be good and bad. But also, I really want to touch on like how you can make your packages, if you're doing like packages, how you can make them more powerful versus the like what you're doing with a la carte. So we're going to kind of talk about all those things today. If you guys do have any specific questions, make sure to address them or to ask them in the chat. We have Mia here, which you already saw. She was supposed to do the introduction, but she sucked at it. <laughs> so you had one job today, Mia. <laughs> oh, um, so Mia will be here answering any questions if you guys have, or, or she'll read them out loud to me. So yes, Tim, you missed the good stuff, but you can go back and watch it because we made absolute asses out of ourselves. So anyway. So first and foremost, uh, obviously there's a couple of different ways that you can create a price guide. The most important aspect of this is that you understand your pricing before you do any of this. Now, what I mean by that is you need to have a good idea of what your actual true cost of doing business is, your cost of goods sold. Those two things have to work together. Your cost of doing business is what it takes to be in business. That means your car payment, if you're using your car for business, your cameras, your overhead, your internet, your phone bill, taxes, all that stuff all account for your cost of doing business. Your cost of goods sold is what it actually costs to buy the products, but it also is what it costs to make the products. And if that means that you have spent time creating that product, then that is part of your cost of goods sold. So if it takes on average, and this is kind of something that I've figured over time working with clients, uh, determining these pricing is on average, it's typically right around 20 minutes to create an image. Now that can fluctuate significantly based on a number of different things. It can be if your sessions are going really long, if you're selling a hundred images instead of like 15 to 30 images, those can all impact your true cost of 
like how much time it make it takes to make an image. I mean, think about it. If it takes, like for instance, on average for most people out there, it seems like they're spending about 10 to 12 hours per senior session. That means the shoot time, all the prep, getting ready for it, sending messages, emails out to clients, talking to them on the phone, packaging the product, sales session, editing all the images, all that stuff. It takes about 10 to 12 hours. When you consider that 10 to 12 hours to create all that, and then you take the average number of images you sell to a senior client, and that's how you kind of come to those numbers. So obviously, if you want to figure out more about that, reach out to me because I do have a cool system for determining those things. And that's kind of your first basis for where you need to start. Once you really understand the cost of your products, you can actually start to apply pricing. Now, a lot of people go by kind of the 20 to 25% cost of goods sold method. That means that if, just to make this easy, if I have an eight by 10 and my true cost on that eight by 10 is $25 and I want it to be at a 20%, I would need to price that at $125 to be 20% cost of goods sold. If I want it to be at 25%, obviously we would be at $100 for, uh, for your retail price. Now, honestly, the easy way to figure that out, take it. If you want 20%, it's a multiplier of five. If you want 20% or 25%, it's a multiplier of four. Do you like how good I'm mathing today? I, I didn't want to break the rhythm. Like, it was keep going. It, it was all just flowing so well, but I picked good numbers. You broke so. it. I broke it? Why? Yeah. How'd I break it? Did right. I do it? Did I do it wrong? No, now you won't oh. be able to go back. Oh, well, no, I'm good. I'm good. So anyway, so that kind of gives you a good idea of how to figure 20 to 25% cost of goods sold. Okay. Does that all make sense? Anybody? Everybody? Amanda says average sale question mark. What does that? Does anyone know their average is what I asked while you're talking about their averages? Oh, okay. So, and, and I don't know, I'm hoping you're asking, like, are you talking about average sale? Like, like what you what were they talking make? about at the get-go. Or are you talking about average sale, like the average number of images you sell during a session? Correct. Like, so, so I was asking if anybody knew where they were okay. as, in reference yeah. to what you were speaking. So, so think about those numbers. Those are all important numbers to have. Now, when we get into creating a pricing structure or our price guide, we need to make that decision. Do we want to do a la carte? Do we want to do, there's actually another one, which is just credit-based I don't understand it. <laughs> I've never figured it out, so I'm not even gonna pretend to know, uh, but there's like a credit base where you buy a certain number of credits and I'm guessing each credit is worth a certain dollar figure and that's kind of how it works. I'm not gonna jump into that. We're just gonna talk about a la carte versus packages. So can you do both? Absolutely. And in fact, I think Marnie Claggett actually talked about this at Sync and she had some really powerful points, something that I've actually considered doing doing kind of like a, an AB split test, uh, see how bad I can confuse them with a la carte and then offer them the option of a package to see which one they go with. Now, typically, and I'm gonna stick my neck out there and I might piss some people off, but I think that package selling is the lazy man selling. That's just how, that's what I've decided. Package selling is lazy man selling because what you're doing is you're saying, I don't really want to deal with like trying to do a whole lot of upsell. Now there's some of you who do package selling and upsell good on you cause that's better. But a lot of times it's like, okay, here's my, here's what it's going to be. And you either have to conform to one of those. And if you don't like one of those, then we're still going to keep you in one of those. We're still going to talk about how to make that beneficial. Whereas all cart 
pricing is really finding what is best. And the reason I say that it is the elite, <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. It's not the lazy man is because it requires more listening and more true, like being an honest, empathetic listener in the sales room and really, truly, truly selling to your client, selling based on the things you're listening to in the sales session. When people say like yesterday, I had a client in here and she pretty much told me that she only hangs real art on her walls and loved her. She was great, but I was like, you need pictures of your kids on the wall. But I listened to her and I said, okay, what you're telling me is you like albums and you want digitals. You don't want wall portraits. And she's like, I want little pictures for the wall, but I don't want big pictures for the wall. If I kept trying to sell her on a package with big pictures on the wall, then she's going to start getting to a point where she's like, you're not listening to me. Whereas collections are kind of like, well, if these are my options, like this is what I'm going to go with. And you might get some kickback on that. And people might say, well, this doesn't really fit what I want. And if you're good about getting past that, then great on you. You're not one of the lazy men. And I'm not saying everybody that does collection is lazy. That don't take me for face value on that because no matter what, if you guys are doing in-person sales, you are like awesome in my book because it does take a different kind of person to be able to put yourself out there and sell. So the thing that you have to keep in mind with collections and actually before I jump into that, the, the one thing that I want you to consider, and this is the thing that I've seen with a lot of people is instead of starting from the base and creating your package or creating your a la carte, everybody starts with like an eight by 10. Okay. And I think that where you're going wrong there is you're expecting that those are things that clients want. I don't sell eight by tens hardly ever. In fact, last night she wanted small prints. I didn't even sell her small prints because I gave her the options to go bigger and print her own small prints. Does that shoot me in the foot a little bit? Potentially yes, but no, because I was selling her on a bigger picture and allowing her to print as many of the little ones as she wants. And she'll end up doing those through us anyway. So we'll get the residual or the, that wouldn't be residual. We'll get the, the back end of that, yeah. if you will. So where I want you to consider starting from is start from your dream sale. And what I mean by that is pick a number. Where do you want to be for your dream sale? Do you want to be $15,000? Is that your dream sale? Do you want to be $30,000? Okay. If you want a dream sale of $30,000, the first thing you have to do is you have to determine what of your product is it going to take to sell a $30,000 sale. And if you put it all together and you're like, wow, I would need mom, grandma, and seven kids to buy <laughs> a package D that is $3,500 each to make my $30,000 sale, you might have a problem. Okay. Same thing. If your dream sale is $3,000 and your packaging limits out at $2,800 or $3,500, even if your top package is $3,500 and it has a whole bunch of fluff in it, guess what? It's not very likely you're going to hit it. Now, if your dream sale is, let's just go back to that $3,000. Your dream sale is $3,000 you need to have something bigger than $3,000. And when it comes into strategy, one thing that you have to understand is anytime you have collections or options for people to buy, 
you need to have a good, better, and best. Now, if you want to have four packages, you need to have good, gooder, good, gooder, <laughs> better, and best. Okay. Have, if you want to have four, if you want to have five, what you want to do is you want to have your dream sale right there in the middle. And what that means is that that means that psych psychologically, people are going to select where the middle is. And in fact, it's actually really good to put most popular or identify this with people as this is what most people do. You are going to have people that come in and say, you know what, if it costs the most, it must be the best. That's what I want. And you're going to sell that big package. It's not going to be as common. And if you get really good at selling to that top package or that top collection, then you need to increase it. But what we're doing is we're looking at what is our dream sale. And if our dream sale is $10,000, that's currently like what I do is my focus is $10,000 because I ultimately want to have a goal of having 100 seniors a year at a $10,000 average. That's crazy, right? But that's, that's my goal. So what do I have to do to get to $10,000? That means that $10,000 needs to be my better option. Not necessarily my best option, but my better option. Now, another thing that I want you guys to consider is when creating these packages, don't just add a bunch of fluff. A lot of times people just throw a whole bunch of crap in there and they're like, oh, well, if I put 47 eight by tens in there, it's going to look like a whole lot of value. But that doesn't necessarily create value. You have to find what creates value and then add that in there. And also when doing this, if you're going to create these packages that have all the fluff, make sure you're doing the math on all the product. And oftentimes what I've seen is package A, we'll go with package A being the cheapest, has like a 60% discount but package D being the biggest or the best has like a 15% discount. It looks bigger, but it's like, we didn't do the math to see that we're rewarding people for spending less. Okay, that's a huge mistake I see all over the board. Now, if you're going to provide discount, which I don't necessarily suggest, when creating collections, I think that it's better to actually create collections that are just priced and all a collection is is saying, this is what most people buy. This is the best option for most people. It doesn't have to have a discount. Now you could do some incentives for purchasing larger packages, but don't give any discount for package one or package two. If you have good, better, best, then maybe package two has a little bit, but maybe make it more of an incentive. So instead of adding up the total price and saying, well, let's take 15% off of package A, Let's take 25% off of package B and let's take 35% off of package C. Now, the one good thing is that you're consistent in your percentage growth. And maybe even on package C, you go a little bit more, but instead of actually discounting them by packages as you go up, instead of doing that, incentivize and create incentives. So maybe package A has really no incentive, but package B, if you do package B, it comes with this bonus. Okay, so you create bonuses that are worth, let's say $200, and instead of giving a discount of $200, you're giving a $200 bonus, okay? Which is basically in the same thing, $200 bonus. Now, with bonuses, make sure 
that those things are always a value that is inexpensive for you, but high perceived value for the client. Do we have any questions? Okay. I saw you typing like crazy woman over I'm there. I'm trying to get them to talk. Oh, okay. Nobody wants to talk so, to me. So I hope this makes sense. So in collections, make sure that you have good, better, and best or good, gooder, best, better, and bestest. <laughs> Whatever, however you want to do it. So make sure that your dream sale is in the middle, the median, the better option, because that is psychologically, psycho, I can't even talk. Psychologically, <laughs> that's where people are going to choose to land is in the middle. They don't necessarily want to all be the top. They don't necessarily, unless they're the Sam's, they don't necessarily want to be at the bottom, but they want to be recognized. And this is one of those things. People spend money to feel good about themselves. Okay. So choose the middle road. Make sure that you're creating your packages based on your, your dream sale. So start from the dream sale and work backwards. Identify what is it going to take to get me to my dream sale and then work backwards and then make sure that that dream sale is in the middle. So that's collections. Again, collections are great. and I think they're really powerful. I just personally call them the lazy man's way of selling. And I might even make fun of myself later on if I switch to them. But as of right now, I work with an a la carte system and I think that it gives me opportunity and more challenge to really push to grow or to build on my sales. Now talking about a la carte, a la carte is, really not a whole lot different than collections. And in a lot of ways, a la carte really does become like collections because what I do is I create my a la carte menu. So I have my wall portraits, I have my videos, I have my albums, I have small prints or desk prints, and then we have grad cards and digitals, okay? So that's no different than, because even with a collection menu, you typically have an a la carte anyway because that's what you're gonna use for add-ons. So with the, the a la carte, we, all, we have all of our prices and everything is set up. Now, what we do with the a la carte is we make it so that there's incentive to purchase one from each collection or, or not collection, sorry, I just doubled back there. One from each group of product. product yeah, so like each category, there we go. So one from each category. So when you buy a wall portrait and an album together, you get this incentive or this bonus. When you buy an album, a wall portrait and a video together, or say three desk prints together, you get this incentive. Now, what you want to do is you want to create, again, you want to decide what is my dream sale and work backwards. What is it going to take to sell on your a la carte list? to get people to your dream sale. And then what you're gonna to wanna to do is identify how to put those things together and create more or less pseudo collections from that, or these are the most popular things people purchase. And by doing these things together, if you buy one, what I do is I actually go buy premium products. And so anything that's a thousand dollars or more is what I consider a premium product. If it's $2,000, it get basically gets premium point or two premium product points. But basically like my 36 inch or larger wall portrait, an album, a video, or a five pack of desk prints are all considered premium products. If they buy two together, they get a bonus. If they buy three together, they get two bonuses. And then I just identify those bonuses as a certain dollar value, 
but most of the time those bonuses are just digital images on top of it. Now, I know that if they buy two together, they're over $2,000. And so if they get a couple of bonuses, it's gonna be based on that price point. If they buy three together, it's gonna to be over $3,000. If they buy four together, it's gonna to be over $4,000. And then I can identify how those incentives and those bonuses work based on that. So again, they kind of really, honestly, when you look at them, they kind of all work together and you're still helping people create what works best for them. But again, it's still starting from the top, looking at what your dream sale is and working backwards. What's it going to take to get there and identify those things? We got a lot of yeah, big... Yeah, hear some of Okay, yeah. So we're going to switch so, to your face. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Margaret says, I'm an a la carte and I have struggled to figure out collections or packages. And Tim said, I use the apps and cinematic film that I create as incentives to hire sales. I took them off the price menu altogether and used them as pull-throughs. And Sherry liked that idea. She said, Tim, that's a great idea. I've been trying to figure out how to add the film since I am just starting with that. And then before we're done, you talk about that. And then there was a part in the actual book of the month from last month. Oh, really? That like, goes perfectly. So then yeah, because I need that. to come up with a new book of the month for this month. Yeah, but I'm so what do you sucking. think about those things that they said? Okay, so Margaret says, I'm all cart. I have struggled to figure out collections or packages. Now, Margaret, the best way to really consider that is look at what, if you've worked with many clients, you should have a really good idea of what people buy the most of. Some of the things that we sell the most of, we always sell albums, we always sell videos. Uh, in fact, we sell probably more videos than anything. We always sell wall portraits. In fact, I sell a lot of groupings. So that's kind of how I start. I know I always tell people that like my most common, commonly sold wall portrait is a 16 by 24. I try to push them into the 24 by 36 to get them there. But more often than not, I sell multiple wall portraits, which is three or more. And typically that starts out at the very least $1,100. My most common grouping I sell is $2,200. So again, what I'm doing is I'm starting out from where my, like my, goal is my happy place sale is $5,500. That's my average sale. That's what I'm focusing on trying to get to. And I understand what it takes to get there. So when you create what your sale is, your happy sale or your dream sale, and you understand what it takes to get there, then it will help you because you have to be able to, in the sales room, you have to be able to say, okay, well, maybe this doesn't work, but this does. And if you do this, you're only $300 away from this incentive. So is that something you want to look at? Okay. Can I put something in there? Yeah, go for it. I think one of the things that I saw you do way back in the get-go when I first got here that could be helpful is to set up the camera and record your sales yeah. session and see what you're doing. And then take, because you can't take notes really when you're in no. there, not if you don't have me. So like put a video up, record it and then understand where those pieces are going together so that you can basically use it as your notes for later because yeah. it does get confusing. And we, so we actually use a GoPro and I put a mic on it and I actually just tell customers like say, hey, I'm just recording this for the purpose of education or for training. And are you okay with it if I record this? And I just hit record and record it. It's great for game tape, but it's also, I use it because I let you guys see a lot of it. In fact, I have a couple, I think I have a couple of sales sessions yeah. up in, in you on YouTube that you can go back and look at. Maybe they're on Facebook. I'll check if I'll put them into Facebook. We'll have to look. But anyway, out. yeah, that's a great thing. Also, another great thing is to take notes after your sales. So go grab a binder or a, a tablet 
and write down all the things that happened in the sales session. Write down the objections they had, how you overcame them, what did they buy that like you noticed? What are the trends? I thought that I was going to kill myself when I raised my eight by tens and five by sevens and wallets to $200 a piece. People still gasp every time I say they're $200. But guess what? I don't wanna sell them and I don't ever sell eight by tens, five by sevens and wallets. Most of the time I give them away. And that's what I tell my clients. I'm like, you know what? These are $200 because I really don't wanna sell them to you. I wanna sell you big pictures. I incentivize my wall portraits with anytime you purchase a wall portrait, you get the digital of the image that you purchased so that you can print up to eight by 10 in size. Tim, that's a really good, good point. That's exactly what we do with them. We just use them as pull throughs and just options to basically encourage people to spend a little bit more money. We sell the video as is though. We do sell the video as is, but there's some things that we use as, as pull throughs, yeah. but I use it more of, like he's talking about, but it's an incentive. If you do these three together, then you get this bonus. Like for instance, I'll do extra pages in the album if they do, because it, so here's a good example. I sell my albums. My albums start at $1,500 and $2,500. Most people will go for the $2,500 album. And then I will give them a picture for every additional hundred dollars they spend on other product. So if they buy the album for $2,500 and our video for $1,000, then they technically are going to get 35 images in the album. It doesn't mean they're gonna get 35 digitals, but they get 35 images based on $100 an image in the album, right? So could I upsell the album that way? Yeah, but I use it as an incentive to pull people through. So same thing if you buy the video with the album and say for instance a grouping, then a lot of times I'll do either extra desk prints or one of the things that we're changing to is we're going to be ordering the graphystudio.mov player. And that's gonna be something, if you buy the album and the video together with a wall portrait, then we'll probably upgrade them to that .mov, which is an expensive upgrade, but it typically, based on where we're gonna be at, it's probably gonna be closer to a $5,000 or $6,000 sale. So again, I'm looking at it, okay, if they buy these things together, where are they gonna be at? And that's one thing you have to think about when you're creating your pricing guides is try to think through all the scenarios. What are people going to try to do? And if you, if you want, create a price list, send it to people and say, what would you do? Like, what, what would you buy? Because I'm gonna look through a price list and say, okay, what are the cheapest ways to get things? And what does my mind first go to? And I'm gonna pick it apart so that I can identify, okay, what do I need to change to make it better. Sherry just said, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Been trying to figure out how to add the films uh, since I'm just starting with them. Keep going with it, Sherry, because you can do it. It's something we've done for a lot of years, so. Yeah, that's about it. Margaret likes the idea of notes on the video. Yeah, notes afterwards are great. We love talking about like after sales session. I love identifying all the things, like for instance, what was their budget? Like, what was their budget at? Like sometimes I try, I actually <laughs> make it a game with the budget. I don't want them to just come out and tell me their budget unless we get to a stalemate and they're like, they just can't figure it out. I'm like, you know what? Just tell me what is your absolute all in budget. And then I'll give you some under right on and above, and then I'll give them the option. So if, if they're just a, but like last night, she was just a budget shopper and you're gonna get people like that. They don't care what they're getting. 
they want to stick to a number. And I still ended up pushing her a thousand dollars over budget. But, and dad was even, she went to the bathroom and dad nudged me. He's like, see, I helped you get an extra thousand out of her. <laughs> I loved him. He was it was awesome. so funny. So, you know, identify the budget and then work from there. And you can almost, nobody's ever going to tell you what their real budget is. And oftentimes most people's budget will stretch. I'm not trying to be deceptive or mean. I have my prices. Like you wouldn't go to McDonald's and say, look, I'm really hungry and my budget's only $3.85, but I I really want your meal that's $7.85. Okay, they're gonna be like, nobody cares, dude, get out of line because we sell this all the time. Nobody comes to McDonald's and and, and does this. So why people do it here, obviously they think they can. If you just stick to your guns, you're gonna be good. Laquita said, do you give a price list or discuss price prior to the sales session so they have an idea of what the cost would be? We Well, you're not, not going to like my list. answer for that. Nope. But we do have discussions. We do, we do have discussions about it. Detailed. And my policy is I don't discuss price unless it's asked. And even if it is asked, I have a three-strike policy. So <laughs> the first time it's asked, we redirect to, like, let's identify more of what you want before so that we can give you a better idea of what that cost is. Um, We typically will start with starting prices. So for instance, our wall portraits start at $400 and go up $200 per size. Okay. Our albums start at $1,500. Our desk prints start at $200. Our video starts at $1,000. So I give general numbers. If they ask a second time, that's when I'll give them the general numbers. If they ask a third time, then I'll just lay it out there and be like, look, you know, if you're not willing to spend 2,500 plus, this probably isn't the right place for you. We actually had a client called on the phone two weeks ago from California. And that was the first thing she went into was pricing. And she was like, just give me an idea of how much we're looking at. And I said, she was from California. So I was like, I'm not even going to mess around with her. I'll just give her the number. And if she wants, and she wanted it on a Saturday, I don't really like working Saturdays. I charge them an extra hundred dollars to do it Saturday. And I actually was more, I was more like driven to keep my Saturday off than to shoot their family. And even though there was potential to make money, I was like, you know what? I, I appreciate my Saturdays more than making the money. Right? So I straight up told her, I said, you know, we're probably not the right photographer for you because most of our clients are going to spend anywhere from two to $3,000 on family pictures, sometimes even more. And she was like, oh, wow. And then she's like, well, I meant like, what is your session fee? And I said, well, the session fee is $250 on top of that. And, and I did, I told her, I was like, you know, we may not be the right photographer for you, but I'd love to help you find a photographer that would work for you. And her husband chimed in and it was an older couple. And he's like, you know what? We haven't done anything nice for our family in a long time. And they ended up booking. They came in the day after their session because they were only here for two days. And they ended up spending $4,400 on like family that. pictures. And it was raining and we had to go. From yeah, it was raining. We had to go from studio. our location to the studio. We did indoor mm-hmm. instead of outdoor. And it was a mess, but it turned out they really great. They were super excited. The daughter-in-law was like, I'm booking you for family pictures. So, and her first, quite, like her first response when we were sitting down doing the sales session was, I, I don't want any. Yeah. Like, I don't like the way I look. I don't want any. Yeah. And we addressed that with really just the concept of your kids love how you look. They don't care 
what you think of yourself, they think you're beautiful. So, but it actually turned out really great. And she was yeah. excited about, it became more of, as soon as I'm done with grad school, I want to go all out. She, she was talking about how she wanted to have her Louboutins and like yeah. <laughs> all these things. So again, it, with pricing, it's understanding strategy and understanding what people want. People don't really want 28 by 10s. They don't even want four eight by 10s. They might want them, but they're gonna sit in their drawer. Listen to what people say on a regular basis and understand like, if you wanna make money in this industry, are you gonna make money selling eight by 10s? Could you? Yeah. If you're selling them at $200 a piece and you're selling 10 of them, that's $2,000, right? So good for you, go for it. But I'll tell you the one thing that I've realized is having big pictures on people's walls and their houses gets me more clients. Because people walk into houses and one of the first things they see is family pictures. Um, and they, they are like, okay, these people value their family and that's a beautiful display. And so it creates conversation and then people want to book us for family pictures or senior pictures and that stuff. So it's more beneficial to my business to sell them larger, more expensive products because they become really proud of those products. Albums, most people's response to our albums are you want $2,500 for this little book? <laughs> and not, not most people, many people say that, but most people, I, literally 99% of the people that say that end up buying one. So they want it. And one of the cool things is, is that we have what they really want. They want the pictures of their kids and they all feel like when they're getting rid of pictures, they all feel like they're getting rid of their kids my mom, the mom last night made that comment. And oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, unfortunately that's, that's the way it is. So in honest answer to your question, Laquita, we don't even have a printed price list. So we do not give them a price list. If you call the car dealership today and said, I want to buy a car, are they going to send you a price list of all the cars on their lots? No, they want you to come down to the lot. They want to put you in a car start the engine, have you drive it around because they understand what happens when you start to mentally own that car. And then they talk about upgrades, they talk about all those things. So pricing really shouldn't be talked about until it's the proper timing. People don't understand what they're getting into with photography or what the options are. And so typically it's good to be transparent and help them through that, but also affluent people don't necessarily care about price. There are a lot of people in the world that spend ungodly amounts of money on shoes, shoes, whatever yes. they value. If they value it, they will spend money on it hand over fist. I have a couple of clients that literally cannot afford their husbands are, would kill can't them if they knew husbands. how much spinning. <laughs> yeah, they can't afford their husbands. Their husbands would be mad if they knew how much they were spending on pictures and yet they will work day and night and save money, pillage money to the side just to afford what we offer because they value it. And when you can find those clients that value it, it's amazing. When you find the clients that don't value it, it breaks your heart and it kills you a little bit inside, but you just understand, okay, my client is the client that values what I do. And you figure out the best way to identify those people and get them there. So I hope that was helpful. I, again, start from the top and work down. That's like my biggest key point. Identify your dream sale and identify where you want your average to be. If you want your average to be $5,000, then you need to have probably a $2,500 package, a $3,500 or like 
$3,800 package, a $5,000 package, and a $6,500 package. And it's okay, people are going to see the big numbers and it's what's called price anchoring. All it does is it helps people say, holy crap, I'm not spending $7,000, but then $3,500 isn't so bad because it's half of what that top number was. That's what price anchoring is, is it's, it's setting the price high and letting people work their way down. And some people will work their way up to those big numbers. So identify your dream sale, create your packages based on that. And don't put a, a load of fluff in your stuff. I used to have, what are the, the little, what are you laughing about? <laughs> don't put a load of fluff in your stuff. Yeah, yeah don't put a load of, okay, <laughs> that sounded really bad. Shirt. <laughs> don't put a load of fluff in your stuff. That is a good t-shirt. So meaning don't put like a ton of little prints into your packages. Create packages that are meaningful and maybe that means you need to raise your prices. If you can't get to $3,500 without adding 28 by 10s and four or five by sevens, then maybe you need to raise the price of your wall portraits and your albums, okay? Just don't fluff it with a bunch of garbage because people see right through that and they're gonna look at your collections and they're gonna say, I really don't need all this stuff. I don't need all those eight by tens. So if that's the case, then they're gonna look at your collections and instantly be like, I don't really know what to do because you don't have what I need because you're trying to force them into a box. Yep. Okay. Whereas if you have the a la carte menu at the bottom of that, you can say, well, you can do this, this, and this, and we can incentivize it, or you can build your own package. And it's okay. Cause I, for years I did have collections and build your own and it worked. Pe most of my people ended up going to the build your own because that was probably what I was more comfortable with. And I did have my collections, but I realized that I was never selling my top collection, which was only $3,200. That's what I called the black label back then. And I never sold it. In fact, I should pull that up someday because it, I have all of that in Dropbox. Yeah. And I wonder, it I bet be you fun. I could pull it up real quick. Talk oh, you're pulling quick. it up. Yeah. Yeah, I, you talk. So in last month's book, um, Seller Be Sold, yeah. in chapter seven, it's your buyer's money. And it says, your prospect, regardless of what he says, will always want more, not less. <clears throat> Believe it or not, people love to spend money. And the more money they spend, the more they enjoy spending it. And the more they will enjoy their decisions. Consumers want to take home lots of things, not just one thing. They want to brag to their friends and neighbors that they spent the most money and bought the most expensive thing. And I and people love showing off. And I think that's especially true when it comes to family yep. or teens. And it finishes off with two things. This is America, a nation of consumers and one-uppers. Good or bad, we like to buy and we like to see be seen buying. Therefore, the second purchase reinforces the first purchase was the right decision. And remember that money is a mental issue, not a shortage issue. And I just think all that really applies in that chapter to what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I found it already. You ready for this? Yeah. Let's see if I can load this in. Okay, so I'm going to do that. Boom. Okay, so this is this is like my old pricing. I don't remember when this was from, but it was from probably eight or nine, ten years ago. So this was, and this is another thing that I actually didn't cover. Make sure that when you're doing your collections, you're starting from the biggest and going down. So collections or pricing, and actually I, I need to take my own advice on that one because I always start with- I was with, just thinking that. I, like, I always start like my wall portraits with, they start at $400. Now I think when you're explaining to people like where they start, because I think that first question when people call on the phone and they say, 
what's your pricing? Again, the first time I'm going to redirect them and I'm gonna say, what? let me get a few things or understand a little bit more about what you're looking for before I can answer those questions. I still want to go over with my customers that they're gonna be spending between this much and this much uh, on average. But, you know, maybe we do need to change and do our 60 inch prints yeah. before I know Before like in pro select when we're selling, <laughs> I show the 60 inch print before I show the other one. But yeah, I need to take my own advice on that. But when you're building like your collections and stuff, make sure to put your top level packages at the top. Don't put them at the bottom and put your small stuff like the basic collection at the top. Okay. So here's a perfect example, a 24 by 36, a 16 by 20 the dvd that we do or cinematic seniors dvd 10 by 10 album 12 desk prints oh my gosh oh my that, gosh like, i'm sitting here count, counting right? it like in my head so right now if we did that that's 1100 right here this is 800 that's so that's wow. 19 this is now a thousand so that's 2900 this 10 by 10 20 page would be 2500 so that's 45 55 Oh no, you're, we're working backwards. So 55 and 12 desk prints would be $2,400. So that's like an $8,000 package now. Yeah. So now I never, ever, ever sold the black. I think I might've sold it twice. I just, it, it wasn't common. And very few people really wanted a 24 by 36 inch wall portrait. I didn't sell very many of those larger prints. And that may say something about me, but for some reason we sell more 16 by 24s than we do for seniors. For families, we always start with a 24 by 36. So this one is 1100, 2100, 3600, and 46, $5,200 for this one right now most popular. So as you can see, I have my two median or my, my, uh, most popular collections at that time. Like this was actually my average at the time. 1368 was my average sale, which means that I was probably selling more of this or something, but I don't know, honestly, back then when my me or my average sale was 1368, I don't know if I was actually accounting for my session fee as well. Oh, because that does make a difference. Huh? Yeah, so it might have actually technically been more than that. So that just kind of gives you a little bit of idea on that. Now, it's see, I had my add-ons and upgrades, which are basically just the, this is really sad and makes me want to throw up how, I mean, y'all have to start from somewhere. I just said y'all. Um, <laughs> this was, this. yeah, this is sad. And, um, oh, look at the burlap. How cute is that? Yeah, that was my old pricing and terrible pictures but whatever <laughs> this is my a la carte so see i did have the a la carte on the back end so it's kind of like it doesn't have to be just one or the other it could be both look um, at that people digital files yeah right there. yeah digital files 249 dollars. look at this the dvd we used to do for 3.99 wow and have the lifetime photo slideshow add-on for 100 that's spiffy yeah come a long ways so yeah that's uh that's what was the purpose of me showing that? I don't know, but it was fun. It was fun. Okay. <laughs> I think we're probably good now. Yeah, we we're... People once you showed up <laughs> Everybody was out. They're like, okay, well, Sam's not... Holy... I think it was all those tabs. Holy, ta oh, holy, holy tabs, tabs, Batman. 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 That's what you said. That's what I said. Yeah, well, it's because I, I was trying to frantically to do so flow. much this morning. <laughs> so, all right, guys, that's all we got for you guys today. Anyway, <laughs> peace out, Girl Scout. Thanks.